Hey there, I'm Ashley and I'm a proud mama of two beautiful kiddos, a wife, a health and wellness coach, and a middle and high school shop teacher. Hi, I'm Roberta, mama, wife, educator. I'm an entrepreneur and homeschool mom navigating the work, family, social life balance. Together, we will discuss various topics near and dear to our hearts for teachers and mamas, like routines, health, habits, self-care, and so, so much more. Living a healthy lifestyle is for everyone from young children to adults. Health, wellness, and emotional and social well-being starts at home and should be expanded upon in the classroom. Everyone can benefit from the Teacher Mamas podcast. So if you're ready to learn some helpful tips, let's do this thing. Hello, hello. Uh, We are going solo today, Roberta and I. We've had a lot of interviews lately, and we decided we just want to come in and talk to you guys about, we hear this all the time, uh, ways to say no to people in a much nicer way than just saying no. So uh, we've talked about this before when talking about boundaries, but we wanted to break it down even further for those of you always finding yourself saying yes to things that are not in line with your values or maybe don't bring a sense of purpose. Maybe you're just saying yes to say yes. Um, they don't bring joy. You actually like despise the thought of doing it. Or maybe they don't bring ease in your life and they're just causing more commotion and ruckus. So a lot of what we're going to talk about today comes from the book Essentialism by Bragg McEwen. Um, McEwen, I can't, I don't know how to say his name, but I think it's McEwen. Um, so I highly suggest that everyone goes and grabs this book because it is something that we can all be working on all the time. I read this like two months ago or something like that. And it, I'm so bad at like going, hopping from book to book to book. Um, so I'm like kind of an information junkie. I want to go back and re-listen to it and do it slower this time and take more notes. And um, I would highly suggest you guys do the same thing. Um, so I think we're just going to hop right into the episode um, so that we can kind of make this short for you guys, short and simple and effective. So take notes if you want to. Otherwise, all this is in his book. Um, And you can also after you listen to the episode, you can um, maybe we'll put it in the show notes what the the eight ways to say no are. So all right, Greg talks about um, essentialists versus non essentialists in his book. That's kind of his core, like that's what the book is about. And he gives a ton of definitions in there uh, throughout the entire book of what essentialists do, what non-essentialists do. Um, But according to him, a core difference between essentialists and non-essentialists is that essentialists actually consider and evaluate more opinions than their non-essentialist counterparts. So, um, Part of their logic is that because they will completely commit to only one or two efforts, they will deliberately consider a broad set of opinions so they are certain they make the right decision. Non-essentialists, so people um, who say yes to everything basically are non-essentialists, are going to sign up for more efforts without carefully considering if it will advance their goal. 
They often sign up simply, sign up or say yes, simply because someone asks them. The question essentialists ask themselves when weighing opportunities and obligations. So again, an essentialist is somebody who says no to a lot of things, who is really looking to just um, live a much richer life in the few things that they've chosen to do. So the question essentialists ask themselves when weighing opinions and obligations is, will this activity or effort make the highest possible contribution toward my goal? So um, a great way to start working towards being an essentialist versus what I'm seeing a lot of us, not just even teachers, just everybody these days with social media and like all the things that are distracting us. Um, like instead of continuing to live this life of a non-essentialist is to learn to say no to things that will not contribute to your values and goals. Um, so you're, You'll first have to figure out what your goals and values actually are, which Roberta and I actually go through a activity with you inside of our course um, to do that. Um, but we're not going to do that in this episode. We're, we're just going to kind of talk about all the different ways that you can say no, basically, to start living more of an essentialist lifestyle versus a non-essentialist lifestyle. A great example that Roberta and I have done lately is we have both said no to social media. Uh, we are on a social media fast. I can't remember what day, Roberta, you said you were on. 23? Um, I, yeah, I today finished, uh, let's see. Oh, I finished day 25. Day 25. And I think I'm on 32 or 31. But um, so we found this book. It's called The 40 Day Social Media Fast. And um, we're at different spots, but it doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, and honestly, I might go past the 40 days because it just has felt mm -hmm. so good right now to be off of social media. Yeah. So um, another really good example that I actually just came up with right before this call, because I've really been considering like what classes I want to teach next year. So I started a new class this year. Um, it's called advanced manufacturing and I still don't have it completely, um, like planned out. I'm, we're like, we're in the middle of it right now, but I'm kind of planning as we go. And I got to a point like a year ago where I had all my classes completely planned out and I had curriculum for everything. And I was like, Ooh, I feel good. Um, and then last year I decided I wanted to add a class to that because I had, my kids were like, well, we've already had you for two years. What the heck are we going to do now? And I, I love having these kids in my class and I love having somewhere for them to go because they love doing things with their hands in my classes versus going and sitting in a classroom and reading or writing or whatever. Like these are these kids are hands-on kids and they need stuff to do. And they were like basically begging me for a class. So I was like, well, let's do an advanced class. So um, I've been loving it so far and I want to continue with that. And then I had a, a thought this year, while I don't have very many girls in my class, which I want to um, start improving on and getting more girls to join my classes. And so I thought of a class that would, um, probably attract more girls than boys, but it would be like how to thrive by using um, 
like our creativity uh, and like basically taking the course that Roberta and I made, but gearing it towards um, high school kids. So I was thinking about that this morning and I'm like, I still don't have this class completely nailed down. Um, I can't serve the kids in this new class that I just made to the best of my ability until I have that nailed down. So I am deciding to wait on starting this new class until next year. So sometimes saying no is saying no to ourselves, right? Like we come up with all these grandiose ideas all the time. And this is me like to a T, like I want to do everything all the time. Um, but we have to sometimes say no to ourselves just as much as we say no to other people. All right. So why do so many of us hate saying no? I came up with like three reasons and Roberta chime in if you think of anything else too, but mm -hmm. um, it can be awkward as humans um, to say no to people. Like we just kind of have that, Ugh they asked me to do something and I said, no, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and we don't like being in awkward situations. So number one, it's awkward. Number two, we are people pleasers, especially as teachers. We are people pleasers. We want to do everything for everybody else all the time. And which leaves not a lot of time for ourselves or for taking care of ourselves. And we also don't want to hurt people's feelings. So Number two, we're people pleasers and we don't want to hurt other people's feelings. Number three, we are achievers, most of us. And some of us like to be, depending on your personality, some of us like to be publicly recognized. So we say yes to as many things as possible to get the recognition and feel the success. Now, we're not going to outright say, I like being recognized, right? But if you <laughs> look inside yourself because I've I've had this come up with me too like um we have emails that go out with like appreciation to teachers and stuff like that and I'll be like oh well I just did that and I didn't get recognized for it you know <laughs> so it's not like I'm gonna come right out and say I like being recognized for things but if you look deep inside of you and you look at the reason as to why you're saying yes is it because you're looking for some sort of recognition and a good, like, here's a good example for you. So I'm on like the tech ed teacher, um, email list and the amount of emails that I get with things going on for kids in tech ed is absolutely like, it's crazy how many things that we could get involved in, but Am I, if I say yes to those things, am I saying yes for the good of my kids and for the good of my program? Or am I saying yes, because I'm like, oh, the community members will think this is really cool and I'll get the recognition and blah, 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 blah. Right. So most of the things that come my way, I'm like, no, no way in heck are we doing that. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, and I think <laughs> a, a good point to bring up here too, then is like, if we're saying yes to something. I think we also have to understand that by saying yes to something, we're also saying no to something else right. inadvertently. So like if I'm saying yes to an extra student on my caseload because I'm a mm -hmm. private tutor, then I'm saying no to quality time with my family. Like mm -hmm. there's that yin and yang. It's like figuring out no matter what, when you're saying yes, you are saying no to something else and you have 
to go back to that values list and which which one is more important to your values saying yes to this thing and losing out on something else or does that really align with with your values yeah so you know a lot of times i think we say yes because we have that feeling of like oh more people are going to like me or whatever but unfortunately being liked and being respected is not the same thing mm-hmm. um i hear from teachers all the time who say, well, my boss said that I should do this, or they asked me to do this, or I had no choice. And this is not like, this is not just teachers, right? Like I have lots of people in my life who are not teachers. And I hear like the way that they talk about their work outside of work and um, how like they work so many hours, like they're salaried, right? And they work so many hours and they get so consumed with work and they think that that's like the only thing that is important. And they say, well, I I have no choice. What do you mean you don't have a choice? <laughs> like mm-hmm. Everything in life, we have a choice in everything in life. Now you may not like the opposing side, but you always have a choice. You can say no to working more hours. And Mm -hmm. however you let people treat you is how people are going to treat you. So if you are always saying yes to people, people are going to keep coming to you because they know that you're going to say yes. So why don't we like start practicing no and how to say no gracefully so we don't sound so awkward right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought of a fourth reason and I, it probably ties into your reasons, but like for me, sometimes in the past, I would say yes to something because I was afraid of someone being angry at me mm-hmm. for saying yeah. no. So like, I think as parents, we feel this way and teachers, I guess, like when we ask our kids to do something and they tell us no, like we yes. feel that anger simmering, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. You did not just say no to me. So mm-hmm. then I feel like I've, I've had a tendency in the past to like flip that towards myself. Like if I say no to someone, then they're going to be angry at me. And I don't want anyone angry at me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's yeah that's something and, and I think it's important to realize too that we're not in charge of other people like how other people feel mm-hmm. how they react to us it may be uncomfortable right. and it like you said you don't you don't want people to be mad at you none of us really want people to be mad at us right mm-hmm. <laughs> but like you're not you're not in charge of the way that they react or the way that they feel because you are living in line with your values. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think so that's, uh, I love these eight things we're going to talk about today because I've definitely probably used each one at some point over the Mm -hmm. last two years as I've been working on this myself. So if you're really bad at saying no, it's okay. It's a skill and it's like a muscle. Like if you work out, your muscles are going to get bigger. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. just like that. Like if you, if you keep practicing saying no, it's going to get easier and easier and easier. So let's dive right into eight ways to say no without saying now. (laughs) 
and sounding rude about it. <laughs> so number one, and you guys, these are all from that book that I talked about. These are directly from Greg McEwen. So number one is use an awkward pause. Um, people do not like silence, right? How often is it like silent in the room and you're like, Ooh, this is really weird. <laughs> so if you pause long enough then this, I really think this takes a lot of practice because I would be terrible at this one. Um, but if you pause long enough after somebody requests something of you, they'll eventually fill the void and find a reason to withdraw the request. <laughs> so I think that's super interesting. <laughs> I would, mm -hmm. I would need a lot of practice at that one, but Fortunately, if you think that sounds super awkward, there's seven more ways to say no. <laughs> so. Yeah. What's interesting though, is when I heard about this, I definitely thought it was awkward at first, but then I started thinking about times where I've like on accident had an awkward pause uh -huh. or even through, even through like texting, if someone texts you and you don't respond right away and like, it, I think it does happen like where they, they, they offer you like an out yeah like an easy right. out like oh, yeah. oh or maybe you're busy and blah 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 and I can do this a different way like mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever done this one on purpose but I think I definitely have done it accidentally and had that result where then they a lot like either take it back or allow like give me an easy out mm -hmm. type of phrase like oh or I can do this instead mm-hmm yeah. So number two is use a quote unquote, no, but, um, so you can use this in situations where you don't want to take on a task right now, but you could consider doing it in the future. So like, maybe you are just like stretched super thin right now, or maybe you're not stretched thin and you're actually living like an essentialist lifestyle and you're like, no, I'm good. Like, I don't need to take this on, but I would consider it in the future. Can you respond by saying, no, but I would love to help you a few months from now or a few weeks from now. Can we connect on this later? So most of the time you actually won't even hear from the person again about this request because they've already gone and searched somebody else out. And so that gives you that easy out. Like you don't, you don't even have to worry about it, but if it does come up again in like the couple week time frame or the couple month time frame that you talked about, and it's still not a good time, then maybe you want to, um, you know, use one of the other ones we're going to talk about here in a minute, but more times than not, they're probably just going to go search for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So number three is use the, let me check my calendar and get back to you method. And I really like this one. This is probably my favorite because I agree. <laughs> yeah. It gives you a uh, time to, first of all, if you're not sure if you'd want to take it on or not. Um, so like, say somebody's asking you to be on a committee and you're like, okay, I really do like what this committee stands for, but I really need to think about if I have time for it or not, because if I don't have time for it, I should not say yes. Um, so if it gives you time to think about it and to actually like, I'll, I'll even like sometimes pull my calendar up in front of people and I'll be like, you know what? I actually just, I need to t look at this even closer and I'll, I'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. Um, but then if you like a hundred percent 
don't want to do it and you don't want to like tell them right then because you're still like in training and <laughs> it's awkward for you. This gives you a really good pause and you wouldn't even have to like verbally tell them later. You could send an email or send a text. And if you're like new at this, that might be the easiest way to let them down easy. Um, so this gets you off the hook for responding immediately. And yeah. And Roberta, I think you had something to add to this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I use this one all the time, partly because I really truly do need to check my calendar because the amount of times I've accidentally overbooked because I didn't remember about something. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then I feel super awful. I feel super guilty needing to like back out later. Um, so I think this one's good for so many different reasons. Um, but I also typically will also use like the phrase, you know, let me talk to my husband and get back to you because, um, again, it gives me that time to think, but then also chat with him, especially if it's going to be a big amount of time or mm -hmm. money or whatever, then, um, talking with him and we can both, you know, talk things, things out and come up with like, is this worth it or is it not? Mm -hmm. um, and then from there I can come up with what to say and get back to the person. And I will let you guys know, like whenever I ask Roberta about things, like whether it's for like our kids play dates or um, something for the podcast or something um, for our, our Instagram page or whatever, or the course, her usual response to me is let me check my calendar and get back to you like that. I just know like that's what she's going to say to me. So again, mm -hmm. people treat you how you let them treat you. I know Roberta is going to respond to me with that. So like, that's just, I just know that that's going to happen. I'm not like offended or anything. And that would be actually very inappropriate of me if I, <laughs> if I was right. offended and like responded in a negative way. Um, so like, you know, if Roberta responded to me every time, like, yes, then I would start to just expect yes from her. But because that's how she responds, that's how I know she's going to respond every time. I just like, that's how it works, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So the more you practice it, the easier it gets and the easier it gets for other people to realize like how you're going to respond to it. Mm-hmm. And then others so might number, start picking it up too and doing the same thing. Right. right. Yeah. So number four is, I don't know how well this would work for teachers, but maybe I guess this would work if you have a problem with checking your email, like after hours, you could set this up or on holidays or during the summer. Um, mm -hmm. If, if you are a person who feels like, oh my gosh, I need to be on my email all the time. Number one, that's terrible boundary to have something that you should look at. <laughs> but this is a great way to start enforcing that. Use an email autoresponder. If you are really, um, you know, you could set up an email autoresponder that applies to each of your emails, like after hours or on weekends or on holidays or during summer to let people know that you're not available to respond to email for a period of time. Now, for me, I just don't look at my email and I do not respond. So people know I'm not going to respond to them after hours. But if you are somebody who has been responding and who has been 
um, looking at your email during those times, this might be a good step for you to not do that anymore so that you don't think people are thinking that you're just ignoring them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a good way to enforce like your boundary with, um, I'm thinking with teachers and parents, especially. And, you know, you might've sent out a policy at the beginning of the semester or whatever, saying like, I'm going to respond to emails within whatever, or, but what I think of is, especially during the pandemic. And since then, I've talked to so many teachers who have had parents that just and high school students who think they can email and get a response for help like immediately at any point in the day or um, get a grade or get a question answered on the grade book or whatever. And so setting up like an auto responder, I mean, it's just, I think it's responding to the issue you have. So if like, if that's an issue that's, that's being had, having an auto responder that goes out to everyone saying, um, you know, thanks for your email. I'll look at it during the next business hour and get back to you within 24 hours or whatever your mm-hmm. policy or your school policy is for responding to email, like laying that out and being super clear and just having that automatically go out to everyone so that everyone knows what the policy is and when to an ex- when to expect a reply so that they don't mm-hmm. keep emailing you or then start calling or something. Um, but I think I think that could be helpful. And it, it's just, again, it's responding to whatever the situation is. Like, that's something I've heard of a lot happening since the pandemic is a lot of extra parent emails and then getting angry if it's not responded to, like, within an hour. Um, so just it's responding to what what is the issue that you're having right. around email and what do you need? How can you fix it? And being yeah. reactive. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, So number five, use the yes, what should I reprioritize method? And I love this one for, and I haven't had this issue. So again, like Roberta said, it's, is this an issue for you? But Mm -hmm. is your boss always asking you to do things that are outside of your contract? I read a statement on, it was, I don't even remember whose post it was on or whatever, but somebody had responded with my boss tells us that we have to respond to emails within if it was like ridiculous, like 12 hours, even on weekends and holidays. And I was like, no, 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 (laughs) that's not okay. Number one, number two, Mm -hmm. do you actually know that like 100% is that in your contract? So like be responsible and go look at your contract. If your boss is asking you to do a lot of weird things that just don't seem within your teacher contract or like within your teacher responsibilities, be responsible and go look at your contract. Is this actually in my contract that I signed? And if it is, Mm -hmm. and you're like, this is ridiculous, then hopefully the next job that you have, you'll look at the contract better before you sign off on it. (laughs) So this is going to work when, um, again, receiving requests from superiors. So like if your boss asks you, Hey, I need you to take on five more kids on your caseload or whatever. And, um, like if you're a sped teacher, this could be a yes, but what would you like me to drop instead? So maybe mm-hmm. now with this, these five kids getting put on your caseload, you're going to have a ton more paperwork. So in our district, we have 
what's called paperwork days. And um, so like the teachers can take a day off, not, not a day off of work, but a day off from the classroom and they're at school and they're just working on paperwork. And so it could be like, okay, yes, I'll take on these five kids, but I like, would you, would you like me to take five more days off of my teacher contract? And I could use five more paperwork days, you know? So like, what do you want me to prioritize? Because you can't put five more things on my plate without taking something else off. Yeah. And I think this applies really well to like elementary and not every district does this, but like, especially after like teacher workshop days, there are things that and they're like, we expect you to like start implementing these things right away and adding these things to your schedule. And I think I just can remember so many instances where it's like, you feel so overwhelmed as a teacher because it's like, okay, but I already have a full day. How am I going to fit this in? So having this question um, is, is going to be super helpful. It, so yeah. Okay. I, I see the value in this. I'll definitely add it in, but what are you okay with me dropping or mm-hmm. at least dropping while we implement this new strategy? Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you implement new things, it takes more time than when it's, you know, a, a routine part of your schedule that that's just part of the schedule now. And it doesn't take as long as when you're first starting to implement it. So asking that question, okay, but what, what then do we let go for a while or forever? Yeah. And I think like, we have like, there, there's a lot of, of people out there who just have this like automatic negative connotation that their principal is going to like automatically say no to them. Like, no, you have to keep doing everything and, and put this and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Where in reality, they probably don't even like understand what they're asking us to do fully. I'm not like saying that they're stupid or anything like that, but like right. they're not in the classroom. So it might, it may be like slipping their mind, like, oh, this actually is going to take a lot of time. So what could I let my people drop instead Mm -hmm. where they wouldn't have thought about that if you didn't ask that question. Yeah. Number six, I, (laughs) I would feel really uncomfortable using this one because I've, I've had this done to me and I, I actually kind of feel like it's, uh, I almost, I almost, I want to say like flaky, but I think it depends on the way that you use it because I've, I've, I read something right before this that was like, oh yeah, that I could see that. But then (laughs) some of the other responses I was reading, I was like that, if I got that response, I would like, just, I would just ask the person like, what do you mean by that? I don't understand. So number six is use a bit of humor and it even says in there that this one is difficult to pull off well. So if you're kind of like a snarky individual, this may be kind of easy for you. Um, But for people who have a hard time with this, I maybe wouldn't even suggest it because you might just come off as an even bigger jerk. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. it's a good way to diffuse a potentially uncomfortable situation if you're good at it. Um, So like one I looked looked up uh, how to say no humorously right before this. And like the only one out of like a whole slew of them that I was like, this is like the only one that I would feel comfortable saying to somebody was like, my best friend is a fortune teller. And they say, they said, I need some time alone. (laughs) Like, that's kind of funny. And you're telling someone like, I can't do this. Um, But I also, I, I need time for myself. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, that's like a good way to use humor. But like I said, uh, I, I would feel uncomfortable using this one. How about you? Would you feel oh, uncomfortable yeah. using this one? Definitely uncomfortable. <laughs> but I think it depends on who it is, too. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I could, I would definitely use this with my husband because we're yeah. both really like snarky to each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a co Yeah, in a professional setting, I don't. I right. don't think I would. I don't know that I would either, but I don't know it is in there and it's, it is something that you could use. So number seven is use the, you are welcome to X. I am willing to Y response. So in this example, um, in his book, he, he uses the example of his friend asking to borrow his car. So his response was, you're welcome to borrow my car. And I'm willing to make sure that the keys are here for you. So He's letting his friend know that he's able to take the car if he comes to his house and picks it up. Because why? Well, if you are bringing the car to your friend, you're taking time out of your day to do it. And Mm -hmm. for some of us, like that might not be a big deal. You might be willing to bring the car to your friend, especially if this is a friend who has done a ton of things for you in the past or is always willing to do stuff for you. Um, or hasn't asked a whole lot of you, but like, if this is somebody who's always asking things of you and never really doing anything in return, like, yeah, you can borrow my car, but I'm not willing to like drop off any more time for you. So you can come here and get it from me. So let's see, Roberta, do you have a good example of this for a school setting? Um, I, like I mean, trying to for think. elementary, I think of like, um, I had set up like a buddy system kind of with another classroom and not, and not in the sense of like having buddies that the kids are like playing together or whatever, or reading together, but in a sense of like, okay, if someone in your classroom is having a meltdown, you can send them to me. But so it was like, we set that up like, yes, I'll do this, but with one classroom, not, a bunch of different classrooms um mm-hmm. and like yes I'll do it but you have to find a way to get the student to my room mm-hmm. I'm not gonna come get them right and also then it was like yes I'm willing to do that but I may not get to them right away they may have to sit and wait right yeah yeah and I just actually came up with one while you're talking um because I'm a shop teacher, people ask me to do projects for them all the time or Mm -hmm. fix things. And if I have like time for my kids during class to do it, I will usually, if it's a, if it's a school project, if it's somebody else's project outside of school, I don't usually say yes. Um, unless I have a kid who's like looking for a project to do, but, um, if I don't have time or like we're in the middle of a project and we have a deadline coming up, I'll say something like, I would do that for you when we're done with this project. Or, um, I, well, so let's just talk about one that got like super violated this year. My boundary got very violated. Um, there was somebody who asked me to take on a project and I had told him no, because we were in the middle of a 
project. And I also said no, because I, so he asked me during a certain time period where I knew he would want it done within like the next couple of weeks. And so I just flat out said no, because I knew that we wouldn't be able to get it done in the time period that he wanted it. So um, we were in the middle of our project and I was like, we can't, like we we're making cutting boards for people who ordered them right now. And we need to get these done and get these out to people because they paid for them. Mm-hmm. And he went behind my back and asked a student to do it during my class. And I was oh, so irritated. I was so irritated. And, um, my kid had no idea. And so he came in and he was like planning it out. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, he's like, well, so-and-so asked me to do this project for him. And I said, it probably would be fine. And I was like, really, when did he ask you that? And he was like, am I in trouble? And I was like, no, you are not in trouble. I am. I'm very irritated right now at the other person who's asking you to do this because I flat out told him no this morning. He's like, wait a minute. You told him no. And then he came and asked me anyways. And I was like, yep. And he was like, that's really crappy of him. I was like, yes, it is. (laughs) So at least my kid recognized that. And he was like, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, you're not responsible for doing anything. I will take care of it. So this is just like, this doesn't exactly go with this one, but it's a good reminder to you guys that like, you can put boundaries in place, but people are always going to try and violate them. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's not your job to make people follow your, um, am I saying this right? It's not your job for people to always follow your boundaries. It's your job to make sure that your boundaries are set in place and that you don't let people go past your boundaries because people are Mm -hmm. always going to try because they don't like that because you're saying no to them (laughs) and not everybody (laughs) Not everybody. I shouldn't say that. That sounds really negative, but there are going to be people who don't respect you and don't respect your boundaries. So that was just a little, little side tangent there, but (laughs) (laughs) number eight is, uh, suggest that somebody else do it. So it's much easier to say, I can't do it, but X might be interested. Um, than it is to reject the request outright. So you're able to come off as being helpful without having to do the task yourself. So a good is um, I was, uh, we were in a meeting, it was after the meeting and this one teacher was talking to another teacher. I was just, I was standing there waiting to talk to the other teacher. So that's why I was like listening to the conversation, but he was like super excited about this land that he had and was asking him if they could use it for anything and um, had some ideas and really like was excited about talking to this other teacher about it. And, and he was very, um, he was so good at the way that he said, no, he was like, I love these ideas that you have. And I think that's a really awesome idea. Unfortunately, I have so much on my plate right now and I'm being stretched so thin because I've taken on so much that I'm going to have to pass. But I know that if you went and talked to this other teacher, they might be able to do something with you because um, this sounds like something that they'd be really interested in as well. And I just was like so impressed with the way that he handled it. And I was like, because the other guy was so excited. And so just saying like, now. I'm not interested. Like that would be rude. And so he was very like thoughtful in his response and he 
he could tell that he was very excited about it and he didn't want to like let the wind out of his sails either. Um, but he like deflected it to somebody else. So that's a really good one to use um, as well, especially if you know if it would be something that somebody else would be interested in. Like, is this something that they love to do? Then give them the opportunity to take it on if you think that they would like to. Well, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, like I said earlier, maybe we'll put these eight right in the show notes. Um, so you guys can just like quickly go back and look at them without listening to the whole episode again. And, you know, there's always like, if you're looking for certain like ways to say no to things, you could DM us on Instagram. We're both on our social media fast right now, but we're like periodically checking our messages. Um, but you could also, you know, there's tons of this kind of stuff on Google too. So if you have a specific thing that you're trying to say no to you could definitely just go type it into google as well and i'm sure it would come up with like a couple of responses for you so we are super grateful for you guys um we would love to hear from you also if there's any topics that you want to hear from us we're looking for ideas for you guys so that we can speak to you and help you with whatever you're having troubles with um, or things that you need a little bit more support with. So send us a DM and let us know what you would like to hear more of. And we hope you guys have a great day. We want to thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us chat about healthy family living. We would love to hear your thoughts or any ideas you have for future episodes. So feel free to message us at the teacher mama's podcast at gmail.com or the teacher mama's podcast on Instagram. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave a quick rating or review on whatever platform you're listening from. If something really stood out to you today, don't forget to share it with someone else in your life that might need to hear it too. Spread the word. Please don't forget to share with your online community and tag us. For more positivity and inspiration on how we navigate life and the things we do on a daily basis to stay sane in the crazy, don't forget to go follow each of us on Instagram. Check the show notes for our handles.